Okay, here we go. We're going we're gonna to take a look at Psalm 40. So I'm going to just jump in. I want to read this beautiful psalm to you. It is uh, probably one of the more famous psalms, I would think. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who doesn't look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done and the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they'd be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you didn't desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. And then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I don't hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I don't conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number are surrounding me, and my sins have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They're more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. And may all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, ha, 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 be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. Amen? I want to I I start with this. I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. You know... There's value in waiting. It's certainly not something we initially know to value, is it? I think we, we kind of start kicking in the womb. Get me out of here. As soon as we get out, we're really ready for something to eat. And from there, we just kind of keep going, don't we? We don't, we don't know initially how beautiful and important and valuable waiting actually is. But the reality is, is that God forms Christ in us, in the waiting. The revelation of eternity is found in the waiting. The value of his presence is found in the waiting. There's something about when you're waiting that you... You begin to, to, to call out, Lord, when? This is, this is taking so long, God. How many of us right now feel like you're behind schedule? 
Yeah, pretty much everybody, right? We just feel like, oh no, I'm like five years behind schedule. It's like we come out and by the time you're 10 years old, you're already like, I'm five years behind schedule. I'm never going to make it to my goals. How am I going to be a CEO if I'm at this rate? And, and you have to ask yourself, who told you that? Who told you that you're behind schedule? Where did I learn this? Where did I learn that I'm behind schedule? That's a say law right there, isn't it? It's sort of this unquestioned norm. Like, I should have been promoted by now. I, I, I should be done with school. Like, I, I need to finish school in two years instead of four years. And maybe that's true, but it's worth at least asking why. Why am I in such a hurry? Why is it so important to get ahead? I mean, if it is all about hurrying up and getting to the, the, the fullest success, then in a way, I guess we'd have to admit that we're in a big hurry to die. It's like, I ran a good race. I died at 40. I win. <laughs> I did it in half the time that you guys did. We, we can laugh at that because it's fairly foolish, but many of us live that way. And in fact, we live in such a way that if we keep it up, we, we might not die at 40, but we might pull off 53. Say out your amen. <laughs> but the truth is, there's, there's, there's something in the waiting that actually speaks of the fact that we have forever. There's something about the fact that God is not in a rush that preaches to our spirit the reality that he has given us eternal life. That, that he's not in a hurry. That alone is a completely different message than everything you see in this earth where we're consistently challenged to justify our existence through our performance. And God says, I have time for you. I'm forming something very valuable and beautiful in you, and I'm doing it extravagantly. Oh, I'm tempted to go on a whole tangent about the extravagance of God. Living in a world that believes in scarcity as the core value, and we live in a kingdom where there is no scarcity. There's no scarcity of time in the kingdom in which we live. So there's something in the waiting that actually prophesies to our own hearts, to our own spirits, that he says, you have time. You have forever. I am unrushed by the frenetic, loud voices of these other things that are going on because I know what I'm forming in you. And I know what you mean to me. And if we start to catch that, if we start to embrace that, then we, we actually slow down and we begin to find the greatest gift of all, which is the presence of his very self. Amen. I was... Last night, we, we had an encounter night, and for those of you that haven't been to an encounter night, really what it is, is it's like 90 minutes of just vertical worship, and then we'll have some certain times where we might minister one to another through prayer, but it's just pretty much 90 minutes of vertical worship, and, and as we were in that place, then they, they sang that song that they led us again in today, 
And that beautiful refrain, night and day, day and night, let incense arise. Night and day, day and night, let incense arise. And I kept waking up all night last night singing that song. I just kept waking up <laughs> all night singing that song. And as we came in this morning, I was so taken in first service, actually, yet again with the reality that he knows my name. It's not that much of a miracle that Jesus Christ, who came and died and rose again, is the most famous person ever. It's not a miracle that I know his name, but it really is something that he knows mine. It's, think about that. He, he knows your name. He calls you by your name. He extravagantly offers you his complete attention and desires to be with you. In fact, in another place, it even says that he gives you a nickname and doesn't tell anyone else. I will give you a name. I will write it on a stone that no one else knows. The creator of all things, the redeemer of all things, the forgiver of sins, the maker of angels and magnificent angelic seraphim and lions with eyes all over their bodies and wings that fly that say holy, holy and bring the glory of God in ways that blow my mind and inspire J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. That wild, amazing, extravagant, creative, loving God that didn't even hold back his own son knows your name. And he says, be with me. I'm here in this present moment. Be with me. I give you the one thing that's most valuable, myself and my present time without limit forever. We need not hurry. Isn't this a beautiful moment? He's right here. I remember growing up, I grew up in a little town called Cedarville, California, and it's, it's in a valley, and, and I have this memory, I, I have this memory sitting in the valley, it's about 80 degrees, and I can feel the sun on my face, I can feel the wind, just a nice light breeze, you know when it's a summer day and you get that light breeze that just makes everything perfect? And on one side is the Sierra, Mountain, Sierra Mountains of Nevada, and on the other side, the Warner Mountains. And I'm sitting there, and I can, I can smell the juniper and the sage. And I'm looking out across, and you can look across the valley, and you can see all the way down to one end, and you can see all the way down to the other end. It's so quiet in Surprise Valley 
that you can hear a car that's 15 miles away as it makes its way down out of the Sierra Nevada mountains into town. And you can just sit and wait and hear it. You can hear the birds. And I remember sitting there thinking, I can't wait to get out of this place. I know. And now, even right now, I can just, I can just see it. I can smell it. I, my heart just actually kind of yearns just to be present in that place because when I look back, now I remember everything except for why I wanted to leave. There's value in the waiting. Christ was being formed in me. And I remember that space because, because you know what? We've all been robbed in that space, haven't we? We've all been pulled from that space, haven't we? And really, it's the same vain philosophy that we've all heard, which is, has God said truly? Has he? Has he said you're in the right place at the right time? Can you really trust his character? Can you really trust his timing? Can you really trust his promises? And that's what pulls us out of that place of contentment to be with him in the season that you're in, knowing that whatever's happening right now in your life, he promises that he's completing a good work that he began in you. That this present moment matters and the person next to you matters and he's saying, be with them and be with me. And instead, we get pulled out of that. And we just can't wait to get to that next thing. Who told you that next thing was more valuable than this? I waited patiently for the Lord. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. Why? Because he knows my name. He knows my voice. He's crazy about me. You need to know that. You need to know that when, he, when you are calling out to him, first of all, that the fact that you haven't seen the outcome that maybe you're desiring, there's two blessings you need to grab a hold of that the scripture says right here. Number one, the inference here is you can wait patiently for the Lord because he's forming Christ in you in the waiting. So it matters and it's not wasted. And the second thing is this, he hears your cry. He's not, he's not taking a while to get there because he doesn't hear you. It isn't taking him a while to hear you. He hears your cry and he's perfectly responding in the present moment and he's with you in the present moment. Can you receive that? So you can rest knowing that though this circumstance might not be what you hope for for always, he's with you in the circumstance and he'll form Christ in you in the midst of it. Can you receive that? He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Now, there's just treasure everywhere here. The interesting thing about the slimy pit and the mud and the mire, you know, what it says here is that he lifted you out. He lifted me out. 
We've all been in the slimy pit. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say there. I went to tongues. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. We've all been in the slimy pit. We've all experienced the mud and the mire. That, that, you know what I mean? When you get stuck, have you ever been good and stuck in some good mud? I mean the kind that like grabs a hold of your boot and like if you're wearing like those slip-on like galosh style, right? And you go and you get in and it goes and then as you start to pull, it has suction and it just holds on. And the more you wiggle, the more it works down. You're not getting out, you're going lower and you're stuck. And you know, pull your foot out of that boot, right? And the foot pops right out. And then of course, then you lose your balance and you step down with your sock into the mud then you have to make the decision to put your foot back in the boot has anybody experienced this everybody yeah you know what this is like it's the worst because now you're like not only am I still stuck now I have mud inside my boot it's terrible and 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 this is this is this is what this is what sin is this is what this is what addiction is this is what broken systemic poverty relationally or 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 financially that's what these things are like it's the muck you're stuck in it and it's interesting too because if you're in quicksand you know some of the things they talk to you about with this is like if you get into the real muck and mire like some quicksand kind of muck and mire then, then you don't actually, at that point, the thing that you have to do is be still and do your best to get as much body mass laid out over it. Not wiggle and jiggle and try to get out because that just keeps sinking you down, but you get still. Stop wiggling. <laughs> Stop helping. And start calling out, my God, my God, I'm in the muck and the mire. And then be still and wait patiently for him to pull you out because you can't rescue yourself. You never could. You're not going to do it now. And the more that you wiggle, the more you sink into it. Do you see that? And some of us need to catch that right now as it's like you're trying to get out of the present situation that you're in. You're missing the fact that God wants to form Christ in you right now in that present situation. He's doing something beautiful today. Just turn to your neighbor and say, Christ is being formed in me. Go ahead. Now say it again like you believe it. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. I know I made you do it, but it's still true. Christ is being formed, and he's being formed in this present moment. This matters right now. This counts right now. And believe me, this. You know how I was supposed to say that. You wouldn't be any happier if the circumstances were different. If you're not able to value his presence with you right now, you won't value it more when your circumstances change. I promise you he will change your circumstances in his perfect time. But don't allow yourself to believe that it's just the circumstances that are the problem. He wants you to be present. Can you receive that? He wants you to learn how to be content with him and go, Lord, you don't waste anything. So that means you're not wasting anything right now. And so you rest and you lay back and then he comes and he lifts you out in his perfect time. He lifts you out of the muck and the mire. He lifts you out of that, <laughs> that pit and he sets your feet on a rock. And he gave me a firm place to stand. Now, I love this. 
I love this, that he lifts us out of that slippy, sloppy, nasty, stinky, uh, and puts you on a solid rock where you can stand. You know, it's, and there's a progression. Let me, let me keep reading, actually. Uh, he put, and then he puts a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. There's a progression that's happening here. First of all, I'm crying out, help! I'm waiting patiently for you, Lord. And he hears my cry. Then he takes me out of the sinking, sticky muck, lifts me out of it, and puts my feet on a rock where I can stand. Now I can stand. Now I'm able to stand, and then something happens. He then puts a new song in my mouth. Some of us are ready for a new song. Like, you got unstuck from the muck? <laughs> I just thought of something that rhymes. I'm not going to say it. Okay. Uh, I don't get points for that, Jason said. When I tell you that I'm not saying the thing I'm not saying is, I don't even get a half point, I think. How many points? Do, can I get a half point? Yes. All right. Half point it is. Okay. He takes you out of, the, out of the slime and the muck. He stands you on the rock, and he gives you a new song. Some of us are still singing the old song that we were singing when we were in the muck. Some of us are still singing the old song. I want you to think about this for a minute. What's the old song that you used to sing? Maybe you're still singing the same song and you don't have a new song. So I'll ask you two questions. One, what's the old song that you're still singing? As though he hasn't placed you on a rock, as though he hasn't pulled you out of that place. And what's the new song? What's the new song that he wants to put into your heart? What's the new declaration? Because it says here that he puts a new song in our mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And as we sing that song, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. You and I's testimony changes things for other people. That new song, I used to be in the muck. Everything about my life surely did stink. But he saved me. And I stand by his grace. And people go, tell me about this God. I used to be addicted and selfish and cruel. And the Lord found me and he put me on a rock. And I stand by his grace. And he's so kind and generous. And people say, who is this Jesus? Who's this Jesus? Because I used to know you when you were in the muck. <laughs> and you are different now. And I know it wasn't you, because like I said, I used to know you. <laughs> you see, when we, when we sing a new song, honestly, what it does is it causes our own heart to be even more humble and even more filled with gratitude because we see what he's done. We see that not only was it his grace that forgave us from sin, but it's his grace by which we stand in righteousness. So we just are more grateful on both sides of that. We don't, we don't enter into this idea of like, I'm so glad I'm not like how you guys still are. I used to be like you, but now look at me. I'm amazing. No way. That's a terrible testimony. What we end up saying is like, oh my goodness, my heart goes out. I have to tell you that I understand. I empathize what you're going through right now. And it's only by his grace that I'm on a rock now. Can I talk to you about Jesus? 
And you go, well, that's a compelling song. Tell me more. And in fact, it says, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. But we need to be singing the new song. Does that make sense? Some of you are, I had somebody from first service uh, come and they shared the song that they used to sing, which I, uh, I was, was essentially, the, they, they said, the song that came to my mind that I used to sing was, oh shoot, now I'm messing it up, but it was essentially the, 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 the impetus of the song was, you know, basically like, if you're not with the one that you love, love the one that you're with. And they're like, that was the song that I sang. And now, now I sing, you know, Turn your eyes to Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and all the things of the world will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and his grace. And I know this person and that is true. Isn't that beautiful? So if you're singing that old song, ask the Lord, what's my new song? What's the new song that you've put in my mouth? Because here's the other thing. He'll give you that new song while your circumstances haven't quite changed yet. You stand in Christ and you start singing that new song, right? And you're declaring something and it's happening. He's bringing it and it gets you through while you're waiting patiently for him to bring it. Because how many of you know you can't do it for yourself? Your hope is in him. Now I want to talk a little bit about standing. Because I think this standing part is key. We, we, live, <laughs> we live in such a, a busy, like, onslaught of technology. Like, it's the blessing and the curse of our day. It's such a blessing. Honestly, it's amazing. Like, I just was on a meeting the other day, or in a meeting the other day, but I was able to do it from my desk, and I just got on. We had a Zoom call meeting, and I'm, like, in the room with them, and it was just as good as if I would have had to drive five hours to be there. I was there. It's incredible. Right? It's incredible. And then like Marco Polo, super awesome, right? Just video. Guys, when I was a kid, like just having a TV that was this big, that was in a box that was like this big was amazing, like super high tech. It's practically steam powered at this point. You know, now you, I mean, when I was a kid, when the Jetson would, Jetsons would talk to their watch, we're like, wouldn't that be cool? Star Trek's like, that would be amazing. Now you have it. You can talk to your watch. And there's someone on the other end. You can read your, you get it all on your superhero watch now. This is like better than Dick Tracy for you young people. Dick Tracy, anyway, just look, at, Google it. You couldn't Google it. My daughter showed me this great meme one time and it was, uh, it was, it was talking about, they were having an argument and they're like, when we don't know something, we just Google it. And they're like, well, when we were young and we didn't know something, we just kept not knowing it. <laughs> those days. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, and I'm a pretty good, I'm, it's probably because I had an unfair advantage because I sound more convincing than I probably should be. That says the pre preacher as he's preaching. Woo, okay, never mind. Rewind that, delete it. Okay, here we go. We live in this time, though, where we do have a constant onslaught of information. A constant onslaught. And so it's like, my, my, I'm glad I have a 13-year-old daughter because I want to remain relevant, right? So I'm, speaking of memes, you know, she shows me a meme. I'm like, that's pretty funny. Or I find something, that's hilarious. Show it to her. I'm like, hey, check this out. Isn't this funny? She's like, dad, that's not funny. Like, ugh, that was funny five days ago. It's like, don't show this to people. They're going to, I'm embarrassed of you. 
Five days ago? It's like you're already out in five days. That isn't even a joke. That's not even a joke. It is out in five days. It's like nobody's watching that anymore. That was super funny. Middle schoolers get a hold of it. It's done. It's totally true. They overshared the bananas out of it. And then it's done. And then they let you know, like, that's so lame. You're like, you showed it to me. They're like, I know, stop showing it to people. You're being weird. It's over. It's over. What's the point? Things are shifting all the time. There's always a new philosophy. There's always a new religion. There's always a new breakthrough that's supposed to change everything. There's something new all the time. And you can end up feeling sort of like this sense, again, that anxiety of like, ah, ah, what do I got to, where, where am I standing? Like, what do I got to do here? I got to want to make sure I want to be relevant. I want to talk to the people. I don't want them to grow away. I don't want to become this person that can't relate with other people in our culture. And, and they're like, oh man, here's a new definition for this. And here's a new definition for that. And that's how, what people used to think back when they were closed-minded bigots. But now it's all new and it's this and it's that. And you're like, ah, where do I stand? What do I do? And here's this beautiful scripture where he says, he set my feet on a rock. Do you know who that rock is? It is Christ. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he created everything. So he's saying, listen, I created you, and I know what I made, and I like what I made, and I gave you my image. I want you to demonstrate it. I want you to demonstrate what it is to be the male part of God, and I want you to be the female part of God, and I want you to show what it is to be a father, and I want you to show what it is to be a grandpa. I want you to show what it is to be a grandma, and you as an aunt, you're demonstrating who I am, and I put a value on it, and I don't change my mind about it. I'm not confused about who you are. I like who you are. You're carrying a value that comes from my heart, and I won't change my mind about it because I love you. Wouldn't it be terrible if God was just confused all the time? He's just like, I super love you. And the next day he's like, I changed my mind. I don't like you as much anymore. You know what? Actually, it's cool. No, actually, no. Wait. What do you guys think? What do you, guys, what do you think? Anybody? Just everybody comment. We kind of like you. No, we, we, we have a God who has actually established what love actually is. And he has saved us from the sinking pit and put us on a rock. And he said, I have shown you what love is. I have defined righteousness by loving me with all your heart, strength, and mind, which shows you what love is and does. And then I have redeemed you to it because you've all fallen short. And then I've shown you what love is because it's redeemed you back to that standard. You guys with me? And you can stand on the character of Christ, on the character of the Father, which is unchanging. So you don't have to wonder. You can actually stand. And when things come and go, you don't have to feel like you have to go back and run through the entire philosophy to make sure that you're not missing something. You can stand and say, look, Christ found me and I found Christ. And he is unchanging. And I love you. And I'm going to keep loving you. But I'm not getting on that merry-go-round. I'm not going to go run down everything that comes. I'm, in fact, let me share this scripture right here. This will help. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. You know, you're blessed to be able to stand on something and not have to consider every single vain philosophy that comes across your desk. Isn't that great news? 
How many of you, let me put it this way. You know what's really nice about being married to my wife? I'm not looking for a wife anymore. Like, I don't look and go, maybe you're a possibility. Maybe you're a possibility. I am at rest and at peace. I know to whom I have made a covenant. I know to whom I belong. I don't have to question it. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to think through compatibility with other people. I have one wife, and everyone else is my sister. It's so easy. And he's saying, we get the opportunity to stand on Christ and say, I have one God, and every other is a false God. There is no other. Isn't that beautiful? And, you know, this seems, I mean, this is so basic. But we do live in a time and a place right now where things are kind of swirly. Has anybody noticed it's a little swirly out there? And the people around you are like, are you going to consider this possibility? And you're like, well, it's not compatible with my one God. And they're like, you're a closed-minded bigot. And you're like, I didn't make those rules. <laughs> I, I, you know, like, I didn't, all I'm doing is just sticking with the one who brought me. I, I, I don't have to consider that. I can just say, I, I serve Christ. Well, I think that you're a jerk face. And you're like, I can't affect what you think. I don't have to. Is that, are you receiving this? You see, I really do believe that this is what, what, what I spoke to first service and I want to say the same thing to you is this, that my desire in this is that, well, one, that you would receive a lot of things. And I, I hope that you have. I trust that you have. I, I trust that this is helpful. But I want you to receive from the Father that you can stand in Christ and you can rest. That you can, you can rest. Let me wrap up with this thought. Maybe I'm the only one that does this, and, and if so, just somebody give me a ride to the state hospital. But I have conversations with when no one else is in the room. And so I will, like, some, like I'll see something online, or, or it'll come on the news, or I'll read it in the, in the, in the or I'll read a book, or, or the TV is just preaching at me constantly. And, and so then I'm, like, chasing down these ideas or these philosophies that get thrown at me from everywhere that I, that I turn. I mean, I go to Starbucks, it's written on my cup for crying out loud, right? It's like Confucius ideas on my, can I just drink coffee without being preached at? Anyway, and so then I run down these ideas and I'm like, well, but this is, that's crazy because of this. And then, but then they would probably say this, but then I would say to you, da, 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 da. But then they'd be like, well, that's just because blah, blah, blah. And so I'm alone in a room pacing, having this conversation for a much longer time than I would like to admit to you. Is anybody else? This is a support group. Okay, good. All right. Praise God. Okay. So, so I want to speak to that because I believe that God is telling us, you are invited into my rest. You can cease from striving because I'm not asking you to run down every false God philosophy that comes your way. You don't have to have an answer for why every false philosophy is false. You have to have an answer for the hope that you have. You already have that. You're standing in Christ. So, so you don't have to go through those mental calisthenics. 
You don't have to take that time to chase that down. I'm not saying there aren't times where the Lord might bring something up and say, I want to talk to you about this. And then you have an answer for the hope that you have. But I'm telling you, those are much fewer and far between than the stuff we've been doing when we're alone in our office. Amen? And, and I believe that today the Lord is saying, I want to invite you to just stand. I want to invite you to stand. You're not on the defensive. You, did you hear that? You are not on the defensive. In fact, this, I love this verse here. Many, no, I'm sorry. Let me go back. Okay, nope. I promise I've read this before. Hang on, hang on. Ah, here it is. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Listen to this. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I think that oftentimes the motivation of our heart when we're chasing down these vain philosophies is that we're really worried about other people that are going to believe those vain philosophies and then not follow God. So we're like, I got to have a really good reason. I got to have a really good argument. Like we got we to gotta make sure that there'll be some people left that want to follow the Lord. But you know what the scripture says? Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Why? Because they hear you singing the new song of what he's done. You, there are so few people that are going to be philosophized into the kingdom. There's a couple. But it's a real short list. But I'm telling you, many will hear your testimony, your new song, and they will fear the Lord and put their trust in him. So I want to invite you with me. Let's stand in Christ. Let's sing that new song. Let's rest and cease from striving. Let's be present with him and trust that he is bringing many to see him and fear him. Amen? Amen. All right, let's just stand to our feet for a second. Why don't we pray together and we'll, we'll head out, have some delicious lunch. I've been very encouraged to hear that many of you have been uh, inviting people over and just, you know, embracing this, this season that we're in with hospitality. And uh, also, I want to thank those of you that invited Karen and I over, having so much fun. Um, but keep doing it. Just be seeking the Lord. Lord, who is it that you want me to break bread with today or this week? And act upon it. There's such cool divine appointments that are happening. And when we break bread together, Christ is right there. Amen. All right. Can you just, let's just put our hands on our heart. Let's pray over our hearts right now. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for everybody that's here today. Lord, they're here because they love you. They're here because they love you. And we do love you. And Lord, we're just, uh, we're just looking at the scriptures today and we're asking that in this moment, wherever we've been striving, wherever we've been stuck in the mud, wherever we've been... <laughs> impeded from being able to be present with you. Oh, Jesus, we just ask for our hearts right now to remember you are standing on the rock, which is Christ. He has heard your cry. Lord, put a new song in our heart and let us sing it before the great assembly each day and always. Amen.